0: daily inspiration podcast on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right. With us right now, we've got Laura Khalil. Laura, you're the host of Brave by Design. Uh, You empower women to work and live well. Your audience, primarily women in tech, you are a public speaker. Uh, You are on the web at bravebydesign.net. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And boy, yes, I I was a public speaker. What am I now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's all moved online, you know, we'll, so, you know, we, we will get back to normal for sure. But um, I believe, I'm sure like you do, that I think that there are a lot of people, a lot of businesses that are going to look at their current way of doing things and say, you know what, we cannot allow ourselves to go through that if they caught themselves unprepared. Uh, and so I think everybody's going to look now at their current way of operations and say, we have to be able to shift to virtual a virtual environment uh, or something like that uh, without any hiccup. Yep. Uh, because I think there are a lot of businesses that are like, okay, everybody work from home. Oh boy. Wow. What do we do? <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> All right, Laura, so I'm hoping we could kind of talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I know you've got some experience with that. Um
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, um what's your first off, I guess, um you know, in in terms of like what's going on right now, um obviously you've done a lot of speaking of relationship with a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. Um ex- explain the the problem that that you see um both with workers, um with manager leaders, Uh, And then the the operations, the companies themselves um, in in terms of like, you know, where we are today. And, you know, and again, we're recording this. It's the end of March. And so obviously we don't have crystal balls. So we'll, you know, we'll do our best to imagine (laughs) what life is going to be like by the time this airs.
1: Yeah, so there's a couple things. First of all, there's companies that have been proactive in the past in learning how to adopt and manage distributed teams. And then there are companies whose pants are on fire right now who said, okay, we have to react to this, go. Now, if you are in the former camp, you're probably a little bit more used to a flexible work policy, work from home policy. If you're in the latter camp, this is a huge shift. So I just want to acknowledge it's a huge shift. It's okay that we're figuring it out. Give yourself permission to say, we don't know how to do this yet, or we're still working it out. And remember, we, are, we cannot go back to how it was. So there is no going back. There is a new normal in place. And I believe that that advice is going to persist even after we get through this pandemic we will have for companies that have been resistant to work from home we're going to see that this is actually quite an efficient way for employees to work you're going to see changes in policies you're going to see new ways of working new ways of collaborating so it this is new and but this is how it is so there's a few things that we need to think about if we're a company Um, that's focused on this. And I want to specifically talk to the management layer right now, because Mm -hmm. in certain companies, there's a certain old school style of management, which says, well, I need to see butts in seats. (laughs) So, you know, I need to see you to know that you're working, right? Now, obviously, we know in this day and age, that's I mean, there's no point to it. There has not been a point to that style of management for probably the last half century. However, it's persisted. And that challenge with managers who are feeling that is typically because when management is done really well, it's invisible. And when management is invisible, managers feel invisible, So they will sometimes create processes to make themselves appear more visible because Mm. there's some insecurity around, well, they can't see what I'm doing. So does anyone know that I'm doing all this? Does anyone know that I'm keeping track? So really just think about that. If you're listening to this, are you, man? what is your management style? And because we are moving into an era and a day and age where things are done virtually, where people are at home with their children, with their spouses, with their cats and dogs, and everyone's trying to do everything, I want everyone to think about the first thing, and this might sound a little surprising, but the first thing is sharpening your empathy edge. There is a great book called The Empathy Edge. Hmm. I really recommend folks go grab that. And that is really about how to lead with empathy. Now, you may be saying, oh, well, empathy, Laura, that's so soft. You know, I mean, come on, like, what what the heck do I need that for? And I'll tell you what, there's been some really interesting research done on how empathy can actually boost productivity, can boost employee engagement, and can boost sales. So, um, one of the stories I love is of a collections agency who And we, I mean, I've never heard from them before, but if you've heard from them before, you know, those people are not happy on the phone, right? They're calling you and they are pissed off, angry. Give me my money. Well, um, one woman who worked in a collections agency decided to start her own and do it differently. And she led with empathy. She Mm. led with, hey, let's try to empathize with the people we're speaking with on the phone instead of breathing down their backs or breathing down their neck, screaming at them. And let's also empathize with our employees. And here's what happened. She became, her collections were triple the industry average. So they collected more. Uh, Her employees were not just evaluated on how much uh, money they collected, and they were also evaluated on how many thank you cards they received from people who they collected money from. Can you even imagine... A co- someone giving a, collect- a collections agent a thank you card.
0: Yeah. But that's yeah. what
1: happens when we develop empathy. So we develop yeah. more profitability and we actually develop um, ha- more engaged staff. It is something that people are not talking about right now, but is mm-hmm. critically important. So when I, meet, when I talk about empathy, what I'm really talking about is understanding how people feel. Seeing Mm. things through another person's perspective. So if you have employees at home right now, ask them how they are. Okay. I mean, that is real simple, but we don't do it. How are you doing? How are you managing? How are you coping? How are the kids? It's just very simple questions. Mm -hmm. Create and then listen to what they say. Because some people may be going through a period where they say, listen, I need to teach the kids Uh, You know, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., my husband and I are, uh, you know, switching off and on. Companies who are going to do this right are going to hear what their uh, employees need and say, okay, well, here's where we can flex and here's what's really important and we need to make sure it gets done.
0: You know, Laura, we, uh, it was a few years ago, I actually interviewed um, the uh, Boo Corrigan, who at the time was the uh, director, the athletic director at West Point. Um, Now he's with, um, I think he's the athletic director in North NC. I don't don't know sports too well, but, um, (laughs) you know, uh, he's the director of athletics for the uh, NC State Wolfpack, whatever that means.
1: (laughs) Okay, great. Awesome.
0: Uh, Yeah. Okay. But here's the thing. Um, you know, in this really kind of gruff West Point military environment, you know, as he's talking about leadership and character, uh, that was one of the you know that so that's what they teach at West Point: leadership, character, and number three, empathy. And when he said that, I know, I was, and I've got a link to the interview which you'll see when when he says that. I'm like, you know, because I was in right, the military for like, five what years. What the heck? Yeah, and you know, and I was back in the in the early '90s when I don't think okay. empathy was really valued. Uh, it is today, and so and, you, you know, didn't you experience listen. that.
1: What's that? You did not experience that in your time.
0: Oh, no, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, uh, Petty Officer Allen, you get your get your button gear. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, there's uh, there there was a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of sayings that I will not repeat right now. If if you legitimately you know, had an issue and, uh, you know, if you did anything other than fulfill the mission. Um, so today, you know, uh, I guess Boo's point is that, you know, he said, listen, you know, we if, if we ignore the problem, we don't solve the problem. And so if I have a cadet and that cadet has an issue, um, I would much rather find out what's going on so that we can solve it rather than just say, hey, tough it up and rub some dirt in it. You know, right. Which is or push kind of the it down. Old school mentality.
1: Yeah. Which is what most, you know, unfortunately, what a lot of men have learned. Shove oh, yeah, it down. Yeah. Don't talk about it. Just go do your job. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and then what happens? You know, we, people, I mean, you can't, you can't get rid of this stuff. It just eventually, you know, appears in different forms. So I, I mean, I love that. And empathy is, I mean, it is the way, it is mm-hmm. the way forward. So here are some of the questions When we're thinking about how to engage, how to keep our employees engaged, if you are truly concerned about employee engagement at a virtual level, I want you to consider, one, talking to your employees, what's going on in their life, two, are you scheduling time with the team that is not related to the work? And I mean by that, we don't have our water cooler time anymore. We don't have our lunch break time anymore. So it is very important that when we talk about how the staff is doing, we also include, let's have a happy hour. Mm-hmm. You sit at your, your computer with your favorite beverage, I'll sit at mine. We'll just see how everyone's doing. Because people who feel a sense of purpose and alignment in the values and vision of the company as it aligns with their own are more likely to be engaged employees. So Mm -hmm. companies who are living their mission are more likely to inspire their employees to stick with them, okay? So we wanna think about that stuff. Are you building a safe environment? The worst thing is an environment where there is no psychological safety. That goes for if you're in an office or if you're virtually. If I say something on a Zoom call or a video call and I know that by me disagreeing I'm going to be retaliated against in some way, shape, or form. That creates a lack of psychological safety for people to be themselves. That creates disengagement right there. So please remember we need to create environments where we are inclusive of different people's beliefs, of different people's thoughts. We have a session where it's like, hey, I don't care, throw out any idea you want. There's no bad idea, and nobody's going to be made fun of for you know their idea not being chosen. We're just going to do a whiteboard thing. We're just going to throw mm-hmm. them up on the wall. Those are the type of things we need to think of. If you're running a top down organization, you're going to be very challenged right now. Some of your <laughs> most innovative employees are on the ground, right? Yeah. Go talk to them. What are they up to? So those are some of the ways that I would start. I don't want to talk your head off. So let me let me take a breath for a second.
0: Well, uh, so a couple things. Um, number one, what about the manager who says, "I don't have time. I don't have time for that." Like if I were to do that and talk to each one of my employees, like I- I'm, there's no way I'm going to get done what I need to get done today, or my schedule is just so maxed out, I can't do that.
1: So first of all, traits of a great manager. Um, the first trait of a great manager is somebody who schedules and holds to consistent one-on-ones with their team. Hmm. It is absolutely, and we see this research over and over. And guys, I'm citing research. So you must hold to regular one-on-ones with your team. Now, if you are managing a team of 60 people, I highly suggest you begin to delegate. (laughs) Okay, that would suggest to me we have a problem. but. Yes. One-on-ones are mission critical. And let me ask you, here's the alternative. The work doesn't get done. You get a backlog, you lose employees. And do you want to hire right now? Do, how, how do you want to go through that process? Does that sound like fun to you? People are having to do that. It's the new normal. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can work with what you've got. You can adapt to what you've got. You can learn how to be a manager who makes time for the things that are important? And if your employees are important to you, which I think would be a wise way to think, you'll make time for them. And if they're not, well, you got bigger problems.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there I, we a lot of our uh, you know a lot of our listeners, a lot of people that we work with, we're already virtual companies. Um, yeah. There's kind of no need for office space. We kind of work in this virtual environment, and and sometimes our uh, teams may stretch across the globe, um, and so I think it's really easy to be um, very transactional, particularly yes. for hiring freelancers uh, overseas. For example, um, you know, and we've got you know, we certainly have a group of folks uh, that we that we work with overseas, and and I think it's important for us to remember that <clears throat> you know, even though they may be acting as a freelancer. Um, you know, they're a part of the culture. They're part of these this company's culture, and I, I think that if you want great performance from them as a freelancer, uh, you know, in, invite them in and oh, please yeah. take time to get to know them uh, on a personal level. And, right? And and how would Josh, you? Address I that con- so
1: I consulted for years. Um, in the marketing space. I worked with companies like GE, Intel, Twitter, doing all kinds of developer marketing consulting. So I have been that that outside person. And I'll tell you what, the companies who took the time to say, Laura, tell me about yourself and what you're up to, will get more out of you rather than the hired gun approach of uh, or the mercenary approach of, mm-hmm. okay, we need this, get it done, boom, goodbye. I guarantee you, you will mm-hmm. get more from people if you just inquire about them. And here's a great way to do this where it ties into the company. Ask them this question. What's really important to you? What matters to you in your life? I'm not just talking about the work. I'm What, ma- like, what do you care about? What do you do? Because that's how when we understand someone else's values and their mission in life, we can begin to see how the work that we're doing and our company's values can align. Mm. And when people can see the alignment between what the company is doing and what they want out of their life, we immediately begin to build more engagement. It's a fact. Yeah,
0: you know, what do you say to um, business owners and or executives that have found themselves in the unfortunate position of having to furlough, layoff, downsize a number of people? I mean, that can send shockwaves throughout an organization. Um, yeah. What do you do in that case with the, uh, sur- I not want to say survivors, but, you know, people that are still, you know, that haven't been let go. Um, that's scary. I've been it's an employee scary. in that situation. I've also been an employer in that situation. It's an awful feeling.
1: It is very scary. And I think that your, your note of calling them survivors is true because it does feel for many people right now like we are in a form of war, but a war against a virus. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's very apt. Now, when we have, and, and it, the problem right now for many companies is there's so much uncertainty that it is hard to say, we're not going to do this again. It's hard to say in a month, you know, we'll be back. It'll be fine. They'll come back. We don't know that. So first, do not lie to your employees. Don't lie. Don't tell them or or try to make it overly optimistic. Be honest with people. People value honesty. Some of the things that you can do if you are going to um, furlough employees or lay people off, whatever it may be, you can offer or you can provide resources for retraining and redevelopment. You can direct people to those resources. You can even direct, you know, one of the things that I see companies doing is, and this is, I've seen this happen when we were in physical locations and I've seen it in virtual now is helping employees build their personal brand. One that's great if they're going to end up moving up in your organization eventually, mm-hmm. but it's also useful if the employees may eventually be let go. Now, so that may sound crazy to people like, what are you telling me to do? Like, train my employees to leave, no, but train them in how to be- put their best foot forward. That will help you in the organization, right? How do you write an elevator pitch? How do you talk about yourself? How do you mm. craft a vision for what you're working on? Those are the things that I'm talking about. Those are very transferable skills to mm. anyone who's leaving a company. So teach them how to talk about the product, talk about the service, talk about what they do, talk about who they are. That will help them when they go speak to your clients but it also provides the benefit of helping them down the road if they need it. Mm.
0: So um, Laura, tell me about your business and, and how you uh, grew your, your practice, your, speak, you know, your, your professional speaking career here.
1: Sure. So I actually, as I said, I started in, well, I worked in Silicon Valley for a number of years and I decided to start my own marketing consultancy in 2013. And, uh, doing that, I realized something very interesting that many of the traits that had penalized me as a full-time employee were my greatest Mm. assets as a leader. I was the type of woman who was the quote unquote, too much person. I was too bold, too determined, uh, you know, too outspoken. And so when I started my company, I realized, wait a minute, companies like that they want to hire someone who's confident, who's courageous, who knows what they're talking about, who speaks directly and is clear. And so doing that, I built quite a roster of clients and built a very successful consulting business. As I was doing that, I began to speak and train more on how other individuals could do that uh, and how other individuals could develop the mindset. Because what I, here's what I learned, Josh, and this is, this is the truth. As you know, anyone can tell you how to uh, ramp up a business, right? It's not like these are secrets locked in a vault that you cannot access. There are steps to running and growing a business. You can go find them online, you can go Google them, you can get a teacher, whatever. But what I found when I started training and when I started coaching is people would come to me and they'd say, well, I've done what you've said or I'm trying to do what you've said, but I've hit these roadblocks or like, It's a little harder than I think, and I've just given up. And that's when I realized I don't need to teach you the steps for how to build a six or seven figure business. I need to teach you the mindset for success, because if you do not have that, I guarantee you, you will self-sabotage, you will fall Mm. into old patterns, you will find all kinds of ways to roadblock yourself from your success. And so that, when that, when I began to have that insight, I said, you know what, my greatest gift to the world is to teach that, to teach that mindset, to develop confidence, clarity, and courage to go do great things and not stop yourself.
0: Yeah, as a speaker, how will you adapt?
1: Well, we're figuring it out right now, boys. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> we're figuring it out right now. So, um, I am adapting one by giving myself permission to pause permission to feel and to say, oh my gosh, I'm scared. I'm upset. I'm annoyed. I'm angry. So let's just start with that. Second thing is, okay, I did that. I said, okay, what am I doing? Second thing, obviously going virtual, obviously creating more online courses, creating more online training. Um, I've actually, what I've done is I've used this time as a wonderful opportunity to ramp up my podcast, Brave by Design. Normally, we run once a week. Now we're running daily with shows to help people thrive during coronavirus. So there are all kinds of opportunities within this challenge. You just have to be able to look for them. Obviously, not going to go speak in front of audiences right now. That would be a death sentence for all of us. But Hmm. what I will do is create virtual events. Work with companies who still want to understand that engaging employees does not stop when they are at home. We still need to create courses and training to engage employees wherever they are. Now, everyone is going through a tectonic shift right now. So let's give everyone permission to be like, I, I'm trying to figure this out. This is confusing. It's going to take a little bit of time for us to readjust. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But when they're ready, they'll see, oh my God, look at everything Laura's doing. Look at what she's up to. Wow, she's really ahead of the curve. So that's how I think about this. There is always opportunity in crisis, always.
0: Yeah. And so yeah. you'll
1: find that opportunity.
0: I completely agree. Laura Khalil, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, you are the host of the podcast Brave by Design, which you can find right now in your podcast player. And you can also find Laura on the web at bravebydesign.net. Laura, thank you so much. Is there is there anything else that you'd recommend for someone who's like, I like this Laura person? How <laughs> Any other piece of content? A, she's a uh, sassy
1: lady. I kind of like her. Yeah, here's what mm-hmm. I recommend. Head on over to Facebook. Um, join the Brave by Design Facebook group. I go live on there every Wednesday. So if you want to stay in touch with me, you can actually talk to me. I'm one of these people who really is focused on connecting with my audience.
0: Very cool. Laura, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest.